It's like the scene in Life of Brian. If ever you've seen Life of Brian, a great Monty Python movie, where they're in, in the Colosseum and there's a group of revolutionaries there looking at the Romans and they go, bloody Romans, we're going to overthrow them. And you go, yeah, we're all going to kill the Romans. They've done nothing for us. And one of them goes, well, they gave us education. Right, they gave us education, but nothing else. And he goes, roads. All right, roads and education, and that was it. Well, the aqueducts are good. We used to get sick on the water. All right, aqueducts, roads, and education. Name one other thing. Well, a stable currency. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> so uh, after the lockdown, where did we go uh, book-wise? After that, I'm going to go, I'm just finishing, literally finishing the research on uh, a true story of America's biggest military cover-up and one of their greatest loss of lives in one day in, uh, was in Great Britain. They died in England. More than 900 American GIs died. And it wow. was covered up because it was uh, less than two months before D-Day and it was a D-Day practice that had gone wrong. And so uh, it was covered up for more than 30 years until someone found a tank four miles out at sea. And it was like, what's an American Sherman tank doing four miles out at sea? And uh, it turned out that this huge disaster had happened and it was a screw up on the American side and on the British side. And the generals wanted to cover it up because A, they didn't want the Germans to know which beaches they were training on in England oh, because wow. then they could match it to the beaches in France. And the other was, it was such a screw up that the generals wanted to protect their own asses because they would have been fired. Wow. And so the, uh, the widows of these poor American soldiers were told they died during uh, like falling off a ladder while painting a building or run over. Oh, and they weren't given like purple hearts or any medals. There was nothing issued for them or anything. They were just buried in unmarked graves, more than 900 so, on British soil. So Richard, uh, that's pretty fascinating to me. I mean, you're the music guy, yeah. you know? You're the, the guru for ever and ever and ever on the radio, right? With right. Richard Blade. Um, and now you're doing this kind of book. What drove you to that? I, I love history. I, uh, history is one of those things, you know, there's the old saying, if you don't know history, you're condemned to repeat it, which we Very see true. all the time these days, unfortunately. But uh, I've always loved history. My first novel was a historical one called SPQR, which is the uh, Letters of the Roman Empire. It stands for the Senate and People of Rome, Senatus Populus Key Romanus. And I often say, you know, they had it on all the banners. If you watch Gladiator, you'll see the Roman eagle and right below it, SPQR. St. Julian, do you have anyone of that name in the garrison? Well, no, sir. Well, you sound very sure. Have you checked? Well, no, sir. Um, I think it's a joke, sir. Like uh, Sidious Sonnet or Biggest Digger, sir. And I say that, you know, the tribes of Europe would often, that would be the first thing they would see and the last thing they would see as the Romans entered town. And um, I, I really enjoyed writing that book. That was, it, it's an epic. I mean, it's like 500 pages long. And the reason I like writing novels as well as doing nonfiction 
is the not, I see it like in 16.9 in cinema form in my eyes. And so I actually get to watch it as a movie. And so I'm just writing what I'm watching. And um, when it comes to the, you know, fight and battle scenes, and in three of my four novels, there's, there's fights and battle scenes, I try and act them out. My wife will walk past the office and look through the glass and she'll go, oh, yeah, he's doing that again. What is Richard doing? But you should see me fighting. I, I'm, the, I'm the greatest fighter in the world when I act it out. In real life, I'm like, okay, see ya. I just, I find it so fascinating. I mean, you've still got an amazing career. You're still going out there interviewing all these wonderful people. Uh, I wish I had your roller decks. Maybe I can pry that out of your arms, but uh, that you're doing these books also, and you got another one coming out after this. Yeah. I, it's, you've got all the energy in the world. I, but you know, time is also running out and I'm really conscious of that. You know, it's yeah. uh, People say you're on the back nine. I wish I was on the back nine. You know? <laughs> you're on the 18th? Back, yeah. Hopefully the 16th, yeah. yeah. But uh, I've got these ideas. I, I want to get them out while I can. And it just makes me feel so good when people enjoy it. And, you know, I get people read the books and give me quotes. Oh, my God, this would make a great movie. Or it's one of the best books I've, I've read in years or whatever. That just makes me so, so happy because... Radio is fantastic, but it's transient. Once you've done it, it's gone. Unless you're Howard Stern, who's, who recorded all of his shows, and as part of his deal with Sirius, sold those shows to Sirius, so they play on Howard 101. And it's great to hear early Howard and current Howard and hear the evolution of the man, because he certainly has changed uh, in a great way. He's a fantastic interviewer now. Um, but for me, I, w I wanted to write because I had these ideas and I didn't want them to just disappear. And that, that was particularly the motivation for the first one, for World in My Eyes, because I, I figured it would be a, a good story. And I've been asked to write many times by people, but usually it was, we'd love you to write a book, three words, about Depeche Mode. And I'm like, dude, you could get a researcher to do that much better than I could can I write my own story? And they were like, no, no one will be interested in that. And I thought, well, I am, so I'm going to write it. And if, if it's just for me, then I'm, f I'm fine with it. But I can, I can understand the Depeche Mode thing because, I mean, Depeche Mode's an awesome band. But one of the reasons, okay, there's many reasons, but one of the reasons they're an awesome band is they had a guy like you in their corner. And that's just a fact. That's, that's represented in your office with all those platinums and golds and, you know, yeah, well, well, they have always been super grateful. I mean, I asked Martin for World in My Eyes for my first book, you know, the memoir or autobiography. The first half is autobiography, then it becomes a memoir. Um, I asked him if I could use World in My Eyes because that's a song title from Violator. And I could use it. You, don't, you can't copyright a song title unless it's got an original word that you've made up in it. But out of uh, you know, friendship, I said, could I use it unless you plan to do it? And he said, no, 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 you use it, it'd be great. He said, but one condition. I said, what? He said, send me the draft of the book first so I can review it and write a blurb for you. And he did, he wrote a, a blurb on the back of the cover that said Sweet. Depeche Mode wouldn't be as big without me. And I was like, whoa, I mean, that was so nice. Well, I, I think it's true. And I, you know, for people that, that didn't hear you back in the 80s and 90s on the radio uh everybody looked and listened for richard blade 
And whatever Richard was playing, that's what was selling. Yeah, I mean, I was quite a bit younger, but uh, I remember you and Casey Kasem, and that was like, you guys were the two big names, you know, back then. And I mean, radio's so different now. Yeah, oh, I mean, very. It's bizarre, but would you ever, like, if they asked you to do, like, a serious show or something, would you be compelled to do so? Or you just, Well, I'm on like serious every day. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, just... I'm on every day doing a, a show on First Wave, which is Depeche Mode, Duran Duran, New Order, The Smiths, In Excess. Pet Shop Boys, that kind of thing. The beautiful thing about that is you get to sit at your office at home and do the show, right? I can do it anywhere in the world now. Ah. It's incredible. You know, I, I have this laptop that Sirius sent me and everything on it is disabled apart from one USB port for the microphone. And you can't go to any other websites apart from the Sirius one. And you have to log in with three separate passwords and then a rolling code on your phone. Oh, because of course. Yeah. it allows me into the mainframe. Right. And if you, you know, I could theoretically take down ESPN once I'm in there. You <laughs> well, know. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> I know. So, um, but it's great because I, I can now do it anywhere. And I, I, I it, it gives me a lot of freedom. I did uh, Kevin and Bean a couple of times back in the day when Ralph yeah. and Lisa May were there, but Bean had already moved away to, you know, and so he wasn't there. He wasn't present any of right. the times that I was right. in, but, you know, I could hear him through my headphones. But, I mean, it's, it's, do you feel a disconnect? Because I, I do the radio junket sometimes over the phone, and then, you know, it's like, the, now you're at KPPB or whatever in Chicago right. or and then you do a couple of questions and you move on to the next, but you, there's a disconnect for me, I feel like. It's, you're not that personal. You're not here yeah. in studio in person. Right, right, exactly. So I don't know, I, like, I prefer when I have these conversations with, you know, that I'm face to face with somebody as opposed to being on a phone or. Yeah, I agree. You know, these days it's so hard to get face to face with someone because usually it's Zoom. That's the big thing is Zoom. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple of things that I'm working on right now. And it's like, are you available on Thursday at three o'clock to do a Zoom? And uh, if so, I'll send you a link. And well, do you wear pants during the Zooms? Uh, <laughs> shorts, usually. <laughs> Seriously. I don't believe you, Richard. <laughs> You're like, he, just don't forget to not stand up, okay? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> don't stand up. yeah that's, that's like the nightmare, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, but uh, Richard, I think that... You, we're so happy that you came in studio today, but that's a hard thing nowadays is trying to get people into the studio. But I think it's a disconnect. I don't, that Zoom thing, yeah, yeah I just, you I'm can not see someone's face, but you're not right. actually yeah. present. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it is. It's, it's a disconnect. It, yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. When, when you're in studio and in the old days when we had commercial breaks, because there's no commercials on Sirius, because it's, you know, a subscription so you don't uh, have you know Budweiser or whatever interrupting it's you would talk with the uh, with the artist and you would talk right. about anything but what you were going to talk about next you know you talk about hey so what you're doing this morning and you know what are you doing later in uh, in the tour or whatever and then you come back and then you get to the business of it all right the new album is but it's always nice to engage them personally I agree a hundred percent it's it's the way to go but I mean, come on, you've got a great gig. What's that, about half an hour, an hour every day? What, how long is the, the show? Oh, well, the show is six hours. Holy moly. Yeah, but I can do it a little quicker than that. Okay. So, you know, with, with all the music, because I know all the music, it comes from my library, so I can assemble sets ahead of time. 
So, uh, it, you know, it's you got great. a lot of preparation though. I, yeah, for six yeah, hours. a little bit, yeah. a little bit. And, uh, I, tr the main preparation is finding out whose birthday it is today, who's on tour, uh, the latest news anniversaries of album releases or, um, when uh, people first, you know, got together or bands broke up, that kind of thing. Um, because I like people, I like it to feel like it's current, right? Not talk about it in the past tense all the time because so many of the bands that I play are about to go on the road or have just finished touring or are still on the road. Like, you know, Duran Duran have added more dates. B-52s were doing their farewell tour and then they got offered a shitload of money from uh, Vegas. So they're doing a residency starting in May. Nice. And, um, I've seen them a couple times. They're it's really like fun. Frank Sinatra used to do, you know, the third annual farewell retirement. Tour. <laughs> <laughs> I think Cher did it like six times. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what that's the way it goes. Richard, what what's next for you? What's the what's the future hold? Uh, well, you never know. You know, I'm I'm working on a couple of TV projects that would be really fun because there's so much streaming opportunities these days um, that. See, I could see you with Elon Musk and you'd be the, like the first guy on the moon in the last 30 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'd love to go into space. Richard when, Blade, when I saw, live on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw William Shatner going up, you know, yeah. I thought how great for him because, I mean, he'll always be Captain Kirk. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was TJ Hooker and all those other things. But in, in everyone's mind, it's, it's always going to be Captain Kirk. And when he went up, I was like, Krista said to me, my wife said, would you do that? And I said, yeah. And she goes, no, maybe you wouldn't. And I'm like, honey, you'd let me, wouldn't you? <laughs> but, yeah. Jeff Bezos, call us. Richard, yeah. well, let's make that work. We'll, we'll do it live on Sirius XM. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll be from your satellite to their satellite. But before we go, Richard, actually, I mean, during the conversation, as I was doing some research on your on your career and everything as well, I really wanted to hear about how curiosity factors into your process, because you're obviously hear what about how curiosity oh. as like kind of a motivating approach uh -huh. to creating is a part of what you do, because I find it to be something that's important for both historians and commentators alike. Right. And you've done a really impressive job living in both worlds. Right. Well. I'm a very curious person. I love to find out what's happening. You know, I'm not musically talented. Sure. So that's one of the reasons I became a DJ because I loved music. And even though, uh, you know, as a choir boy, but I, I put, put me behind a mic on stage and I would choke, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, I can't play instruments, but I love it. And I, that's one of the reasons I became the guy on the radio so I can play the music and give credit to the artists that have the talent. And then when I interview them, it's like, where does the inspiration come from? I mean, you're writing these incredible songs. Where, where did that come from? You know, Keith Richards once said it, it just came to him from midair, but that's probably when Keith Richards was, was also doing other stuff as well. <laughs> you know. He was having fun. <laughs> yeah, so that, the curiosity, with the music was what drove me into radio. And then the curiosity about history is what in a way drove me into writing novels because I, I'd loved the Roman culture. And so I, I wanted to, and when I say I loved it, I don't say it was all good. I mean, it, it, it was a lot, lot of bad stuff, you it's know. Fascinating it it's fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's like the scene in Life of Brian. If ever you've seen Life of Brian, a great Monty Python movie, 
where they're <laughs> in, in the Colosseum and there's a group of revolutionaries there looking at the Romans and they go, And what have they ever given us in return? The aqueduct? Oh, yeah, yeah, they did give us that. Uh, that's true, yeah. And the sanitation. Oh, yeah, the sanitation, Reg. Remember what the city used to be like? Yeah, all right, I'll grant you, the aqueduct and the sanitation are two things the Romans have done. And the roads. Well, yeah, obviously yeah. the roads. I mean, the roads go without sand, don't they? But apart from the sanitation, the aqueduct and the roads... Irrigation. Medicine. Huh? Education. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. And the wine. Yeah, yeah, that's something we've really missed, Reg, if the Romans left. <laughs> Public baths. And it's safe to walk in the streets at night now, Reg. Yeah, they certainly know how to keep order. Let's face it, the only ones who could in a place like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but apart from the sanitation, the medicine, education, wine, public order, irrigation, roads, a fresh water system and public health, what have the Romans ever done for us? Brought peace? Oh, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> it's a great scene. If you haven't seen Life of Brian recently, watch that again. I mean, just brilliant. I love Monty Python. Yeah. I, I, I would have thought that maybe because you are a writer, like your transition would have gone to writing songs as opposed to writing books because you know so much about music. Have you I, ever written any songs? Yeah, I, I, I just don't hear music in my head, original music. Okay. You know, that's one thing. When I talk you to you, hear battle scenes. Yeah, when I, <laughs> yeah. When, I, when I talk to musicians, they say they they hear the music is all the time. They hear music coming to them. Mm -hmm. um, I hear, you know, light my fire from the doors coming to me, or here comes the sun, or never let me down again from Depeche Mode coming to me. And those songs were already being written, and I would not want to plagiarize them and try and just do a twist on it, you know, instead of just can't get enough, uh, I wouldn't want to write just one a little more, you know, I, w I wouldn't want to do that. So uh, I, musically, I, I can't, I, I just can't write music. I've tried, but hmm. uh, I'm a true musician has that. Their, their right. brain is in, on that side that is pulling in vibrations, rhythms, whatever it is, whatever patterns that other people like myself don't hear, and I, I wish I could, you know. You know, uh, our buddy Meatloaf, who's no longer with us, uh, he used to say that he would go to an event, let's say baseball or football or whatever, and all he'd be doing is writing down on cups and napkins music, because that's mm -hmm. what he was thinking about, you know. Paradise by Dashboard Lights. It's about baseball, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's weird how the, that... Scotty, your minds think. It's different. Yeah. I found myself, since I've been writing novels, lines would just come to me, like something that someone should say, and I don't even know what book it should be in. But I go, oh my gosh, that is such a great moment. And I'll, I'll write it down as like a, a little scene. And so um, it, it just comes to me, like this true story of the, the loss of the American lives in Great Britain rather than just tell it as a true story, I've worked in a, a structure that's almost Titanic-esque, where one of the soldiers falls in love with a local girl who has managed not to be evacuated because when America came into the south of England, they actually took over a huge section, um, about three times the size of Rhode Island, and all the Brits were taken out. Wow. Um, but we we were happy, you know. It's like, thank God America's here. Right. You know, it wasn't like oh damn you Yanks, you know. It was like 
Thank you. It wasn't the Tea Party. No, it wasn't. It was the it was the opposite. It was yeah. like come on in, take over our homes because we know that if you don't, Hitler will, mm-hmm. and it will be a different different result. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've structured in this whole relationship between a very small group of English people that were allowed to stay behind for a certain reason, and the the love story between this guy, the young guy, and the young girl, and how they fall in love. Guys, you can uh, catch uh, Richard Blade's books on Amazon. Uh, All seven of them are up there, and there's going to be a new one coming really quick. But uh, listen, this is a great example of somebody that was told you can't do it. And when you're told you can't do it, you know, tighten those boots up and just make it happen. Let's hear your comments, man. Love you. Peace out.